This is not your mother's middle age. No longer is waking up each day, living the wash, rinse, and repeat cycle acceptable. We have the life lessons, the relationships, the wins, and the losses with which to navigate to our highest self without hesitation and without fear leading the way. We have been there and done that, and so we have so much to offer the world and each other. So join me on this journey speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things for new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons. You will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. Today, I am humbled, thrilled, amazed, all the aboves. I am starstruck. I have Tina Hedges with us today on Second Wind, the podcast. And if you don't know about Tina, you're going to, and you're going to want to have her products on your bathroom counter, on your sink counter. They're good everywhere. Tina started her company called Lolly in about 2018. It really took off. 2.0 version of it. And Tina has a long history of big beauty where she worked for companies like L'Oreal and Estee Lauder. And then after about a decade and a half of that, she went into the startup world and started a vegan um, sulfite-free shampoo brand, which was used on a reality TV show. And then she got involved in startups from beverage to biotech and all focused on good packaging, all the, all the things we need to think about moving forward as we go through our world with a little more consciousness. She designs her products with the world and its population in mind, and, and this is on every level of production. Tina also, through her advocacy against human trafficking, and her absolute insistence on compostable packaging, Lolly, the company, embodies sustainability and clean beauty. Tina's idea for Lolly also was designed around the idea of deconstructing beauty into living organic ingredients that can be combined into making multiple products. She's on, been on multiple shows and podcasts and YouTubes and BuzzFeeds and publications, including Vogue beauty and well-being. Her story is unique. Tina is unique. What a lovely lady. And she's also a beauty shaman, which to me is amazing. Her story, how she discovered her passion and her purpose is incredible. Welcome, Tina, to Second Wind. Thank you, Wendy. I'm so happy to be here and congratulations on everything you're accomplishing with Second Wind. And um, I'm so excited to be here as well. Well, Thank you. I really appreciate that. And um, I guess let's get started because your beginning, I mean, some people are like, oh yeah, when I was about 40, this happened and this happened. No, your story starts when you were four with a very traumatic Life-altering situation. Can you share that with us? Absolutely. So it is an unusual beginning to the story. And actually, in hindsight, you know, looking back to that pivotal moment in my childhood, I realized that it was 
the first step on a long journey, but that journey culminated in, in me finding my soul purpose, my dharma, and understanding that Lolly was really more than just launching a beauty brand. It was really about me finding the way to do what I was brought to this planet to do. So the story begins, I was um, born and raised in Jamaica, West Indies. My parents moved to Jamaica after the revolution in Cuba. Um, so um, they are both Cuban, so I'm 100% Latin. And um, my dad's family still had a little business um, left in Jamaica. So they went there to try to, to make their, their life um, on the island. And when I was about four years old, I have an older brother. And he was having a birthday party in the swimming pool. And um, at that point, I still wasn't a proficient swimmer. And I, in those days in Jamaica in the 60s, they used to have these inflatable wings that they would. Oh, yes. Yeah. And um, someone forgot to bring them to the party, whatever. They left me on the steps um, of the pool and told me I wasn't allowed to move off the steps, but I'm four years old watching my brother and his friends in the deep end. And I was just like, no way am I staying on the steps. And I like pulled myself along the side of the pool. Again, Jamaica in the sixties, all the parents were having a cocktail party with like, (laughs) so no one was really watching, I guess. And, um, and I ended up pushing myself off when I got sort of halfway between the shallow end and the deep end. And I remember trying to swim and I remember immediately kind of thinking, Ooh, something's not working here and having a moment of panic as I started to sink down in the water. And when I started to sink and I was panicking, I remember fighting against this, you know, whatever was happening. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I was too young to even understand what was happening. Right. But I just instinctually knew this wasn't good. Something wasn't good. And then I got sort of halfway down sinking. And I remember looking up and seeing these bubbles that went to this bright white light, which must have been the sun reflecting on the pool. But it just calmed me. And I, even at four years old, and I have total recall of this having a moment of consciousness where I said, oh, this isn't supposed to happen now, but it's actually a beautiful thing. Don't fight against it. And then the next thing I knew, I was literally out of my body, up wherever you want to, whatever you name it, heaven. Right, right. Another existence with God, with creator, but I was out of my body, surrounded by the only feeling I, the only way I can describe it is like 100% love and this feeling of, you know, contentment, looking down into the pool from you know, the sky, wherever I was up there and seeing my body at the bottom of the pool. Oh my gosh. And I don't know how long I was there. I mean, it couldn't have been that long. I mean, maybe it was like two minutes before someone saw me or a minute. I don't even know. Um, But all of a sudden, then I got another consciousness that said, no, you have to go back. It's not your time. 
And then, and I remember sort of fighting against it and saying, no, 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 no. I want to stay here. This is great. I want to stay here. Um, but I definitely know that I don't know if it was a voice or feeling, but it was like I was being downloaded and the message was, no, you need to come back. And the next thing I knew I was back in my body. And ever since that time, even as a child, I had, you know, ability to channel spirits, to know uh, I was an intuitive, a psychic, a channeler from the age of four. I just didn't know I was. It was like nature to me. It wasn't until um, I was really in my 30s that I started to work with um, different teachers and healers to help me understand how to harness those powers. Or So that's, that's how that story, um, but the, the reason that story is important is I literally was downloaded Lolly. I did not want to start another beauty brand. As a matter of fact, I resisted the universe um, for a couple of years. And what happens when you resist the universe, but the universe has a plan for you? It slowly strips away every other choice you have. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. only choice you can make. So it was like, all of a sudden, all my career opportunities of consulting or getting a job in a big corporation just all sort of kept disappearing till I got to a place where I literally had no other choice. It was like, either you start Lolly as we want you to, said the universe to me, right? or you have nothing. And since I had nothing to begin with. The risk seemed very little, right? Like I was like, well, I have nothing to lose because I have nothing. So I might as well try. And I started Lolly out of my Upper East Side studio apartment. I self-financed. I still look at that time and I say, Wendy, it was like biblical, like fishes and loaves. I don't know. I had one fish and one loaf and somehow I (laughs) fishes and six loaves. I still have no idea how I did it, but I got it off the ground enough to like test the marketplace, get some insight, see if I was right to think that women or men or people care about zero waste, sustainable, food grade, clean, you know, pure, effective skincare that is equally as good for you as it's good for the planet. Well, you're kind of going against the grain, right? Also, it's like you're being downloaded. Hey, do this amazing product with these amazing ingredients because you love mixing and you love stirring and you love potions, right? And and that's that calls to you. But it's so against the grain of what you were doing beforehand with the pretty packaging and all this stuff. And it's also money-wise. It's a, it's a huge, you know, just in my own little coffee shop, I wanted to bring in organic, healthy snacks. Do you think those sold? No, they did not. I mean, I ate a lot of them, so they didn't go bad, (laughs) but it wasn't, you know, it's not what the, the public wants. So now you're creating a, a niche, even though it shouldn't be, even though it should be our standard. You are so right. 
Although now the marketplace has changed. Like now every brand is like talking sustainable and clean and, um, you know, good for the planet, even if they're not right. It's like how many millennial, you know, facing brands that all go to the fancy same marketing agencies, spend a fortune, have, you know, sort of fake founders. Like the founder story isn't really real. It's just like lots of venture capitalist money behind it. And they all are talking the words that when I was using them three years ago, beauty editors didn't want to write about me because they didn't care. But, you know, upcycled, waterless, home compostable. But these people aren't really walking the walk, right? These right. So Huge contradictions. Yeah. yeah. Hard. And, um, and I have a, a funny story, which is, and I, I have the email. I saved it. And one day, if Lolly ever is, you know, successful in a big way. Um, there is a letter that I, an email that I got from a very famous um, venture capitalist. And this goes back to probably 2016 when I started to go raise money. And I was having door after door closed because number one, I wasn't 20 something just out of Harvard or Stanford with like no experience, but like, gee, I want to disrupt the beauty industry. Like then I would have gotten funded till kingdom come. You did a whole interview about that, but because you were over 35 and had a ton of experience, the options weren't there for you. And which just blows my mind. It was like the VCs, um, the investor community looks at it. Like if you're over the age of 35 or 40 and you have experience in the industry, um, you're probably not going to create a unicorn. You know, it's just this strange. Anyway, so this prominent VC wrote me this email where he elaborated in his email to me how natural, clean skincare was never going to be a category, was mm. never going to take off, and that retailers would never support it. Meanwhile, now we just launched with Ulta, who's created, you know, conscious beauty as one of their pillars. I'm so impressed by what they've done. But think about it. Five years ago, a VC saying to me, women will not, they think they want natural or clean skincare or sustainable. And by the way, he didn't even go down the sustainability work. He was just like so fixated on natural or clean skincare. And he was like, but they want the results and they never will get the results with natural or clean skincare. Meanwhile, we just launched a product for Ulta that um, is a treatment gel for acne and maskne and blemishes that we have clinicals that show it's 99.9% effective for up to 24 hours. And it's 100% food grade, organic, zero waste, alcohol-free, also um, packaged in a compostable and um, plastic negative way. We even grow mushrooms for outer packaging. So anyway, I just laugh at how the marketplace has changed because now the only growth in skincare is in clean, natural skincare. Well, I wrote down some stats um, that I'm trying to find right now, wherever I put them with all my notes here. Something like it's 500 and 500 and something billion is what we're spending a year. Um, the global beauty industry is like about 592 billion. Uh-huh. Yep. And it depends what you 
you know, associate in that beauty category. But yes, I mean, it's a crazy. And when you think about that number and you think that most of those products are packaged in single use plastic and most of those products, whether it's skincare, hair care, body or makeup is 90 percent water. Because that's the first ingredient on the ingredient list. Turn your products around, whoever is listening. Look at the first word. If it says aqua, it's water. And that means it's the basis of the formula. And then what they do is then the beauty industry adds thickeners to give it different viscosities and textures, colorants to give it different, you know, uh, visible appearance, um, fragrance, mostly chemical fragrances, um, you know, all sorts of things to try to make you buy this bottle of water versus this jar of water. But well, don't they also put in ingredients to stop the bacteria that is inherently in the water that is 80 to 90 for 5% of the product, right? So then they start adding, you know, after they've changed the look and feel, then they start adding the preservatives because water grows bacteria. And then whatever active ingredient you're looking at, you know, that they're talking to you about is in there at probably less than 1%. So if it's at the bottom of your ingredient list, so if they say tea tree oil, for example, and you see that as one of the second to last ingredients or third to last ingredients, it's probably not even half a percent. So you're really, and you know, I, I'm saying this, but I was part of this uh, terrible problem or dirty problem, as I like to say. I worked at the big beauty companies. I worked at Estee Lauder. I worked at L'Oreal. I worked at LVMH. And um, I was part of product development and product innovation. I was the one coming to management and saying, in two years, we should launch a lotion that is you know, nighttime moisturizer that repairs the skin and, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then I would work with the scientists, you know, to make that product happen. I, you know, from packaging to formulation to actives. So I was part of this. And what happened to me is I literally had a moment in my life where a crisis of health collided with a crisis of consciousness. I was just going to ask you, I was like, I was going to ask you at what point was it, was it feeling funny with what you were doing where you were, maybe you were at odds with what you were actually doing versus how you were feeling. So it started first in a creepy crawly sort of way with crisis of health. When I left the corporate world in 2004 to start my first startup, which was the vegan sulfate free hair brand. I started to have all these really strange health issues and I started to have like allergic reactions where I'd be talking to just like this and all of a sudden hives would start crawling up my body. My eyes would swell, my lips would swell for no reason. I hadn't touched anything. I'm like sitting here talking to you. Went to so many allergists. They were like, well, you're allergic to like cats and sulfur and dust mites, but like well, I haven't touched a cat. You know, I mean, there would be no reason I would have had that allergic reaction in that moment. And they're like, oh yeah, we see this kind of allergic reaction in like 30% of the cases. Um, and uh, it's like, we don't know. It's like your entire body goes into an allergic state and anything can trigger you. 
So that was weird. And then I started having hormone issues where I went into early menopause. And um, meanwhile, my genetic makeup, my grandmother in Cuba had a baby when she was 48. Oh my gosh. In those days, yeah, my mom was horrified. My mom was 17 when her youngest sister was born. (laughs) She's like, you ruined my social life, she would say to my grandmother when she was 17. So I started looking at all of this and I had this moment of like, aha, where I was like, oh, wait a second. I've been slathering my body with all these chemicals of all these products I've tested for over a decade and a half. Um, and I decided to recondo my own beauty cabinet. And I started throwing everything out that had any sort of chemicals. And even if it was products I had been involved in, I was just like, Pip. And this was um, just an intuitive thing you were doing. You were just like, intuitive. Hmm. and I decided to go back to sort of my roots, like, you know, of blending my own products, which I had learned when I was a child in Jamaica. My mom used to teach me recipes and, you know, I just, it was sort of my second nature to be, and because of my mystical alchemy type um, uh, sort of roots as well, that, that sort of, um, I'm used to, as you said, mixing potions. Mixing potions. Um, So I started to do that for myself. And then at that moment, when I Marie Kondoed my beauty cabinet, I looked down and I had a trash can that was full of single use plastic filled with water and chemicals. And I said to myself, wait a second. And then I would walk the aisles of stores and I'd see plastic bottle after plastic bottle and plastic jar after plastic jar. And what would make me crazy is even they would try to sell you, brands try to sell you 12 products. And really the only difference is the packaging and the fragrance and the texture to make you think you need an eye cream and a face cream and a this and a that and a this and a that when really you don't. You need two to three multitaskers. I mean, look, if you look culturally around the world, how many amazing civilizations where you say these um, people have great skin or great hair, they attribute it to one ingredient and one product, right? But we've just created this entire marketplace of consumerism in the beauty industry to make you buy things you don't need that aren't good for the planet. It's all about the money. About the money. It's all about the money. Oh my gosh. So you look down in this trash can and you're go, you're like, oh, I know where that's going. And it's going to end up right back in our water and in our soil. And it never actually, what does it take 200 years? How many years does it take for plastic to kind of? Plastic actually doesn't ever go. Ever go. Ways um, to to try to make it go away. Right. But um, plastic really is here forever. Every piece of plastic you create is pretty much here forever, unless it can be repurposed. And there's a life cycle to that repurposing that sort of so many times it can be. So for example, when brands are like, oh, but we can give you the pink tube that you love with the gold writing. And don't worry because this is, you know, recyclable plastic. Well, great, but like it can only be recycled a few times. And by the way, when you color and you have certain decoration, then it can't be recycled no matter what they're telling you. I mean, yeah. Once the shiny fun colors get involved, done. Even on cardboard, you know, even if you think you're buying it in cardboard, done. If it's glossy or any, 
Yeah. Um, that is crazy. So you start, you go to do this, this, um, the show and they a reality show and they want you to come up with this sulfate free shampoo. What year was that? That was 2005. Yes. And I remember starting to look at shampoos because I had heard someone told me, oh yeah, those sulfates, they, they cause cancer. And me being me, I was like, I don't want anything to that helps cause cancer in my world. So I started looking at shampoos and you, you were on the, the cutting edge of that. A hundred percent. I mean, that brand was not only sulfate free, which in those days was really, really, really early, but it was vegan, non-GMO, cruelty free. Um, and I remember getting pushback at that time from retailers saying, why are you making a vegan claim? This is not an edible product. Like, who cares? Why does it have to be non-GMO? It was so interesting. And gluten-free. Also, we were gluten-free. So it was like, people were like, what? Why does that matter? And now, like, vegan is like the num- number one search term for Well, what were you telling them? Because you're, you're, you're like, way out there. You're not the, you're not the norm. You're not producing the norm. You're kind of putting yourself out there on the high dive, right? So what are you telling these people and how are you convincing them? Well, I don't even remember what I would say back then. It was so long ago. I think I just was like, you can talk. It is what the brand is. You can choose to market that or not, but I know that that's important. Like that's important. There's no animal byproduct. There's no, um, you know, harming the bees. Same as Lolly. Like in Lolly, we don't even use beeswax. Even though, you know, I'm a big believer, by the way, in the medicinal properties of Manuka honey. It's an incredible ingredient. Um, and we used to sell it um, in Lolly in the early incarnations of Lolly. But um, I really had a hard time because even though I know we were sourcing it from you know, New Zealand and, and from a purveyor who didn't harm any bees. And it just was so hard to convey that. And, you know, there are so many places where bees are harmed. So it just wasn't worth it. Like I had to make a decision. I was like, it's just better not to do anything with bees. Gotcha. Like, how can you be almost a hundred percent vegan? Right. Like, right. But you have beeswax. So, to- you're vegan, but you're wearing leather shoes, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, the leather belt, the leather purse. Yeah, I got you. I got okay. you. So how did you evolve from that from that health that health scare? How, what started happening when you when you started? I basically condoed, and then I um I was I was juicing and doing um cupping and acupuncture and detoxing and, you know, fasting and all of these things before it was like the wellness industry. And it was cool. And it was chic. And Gwyneth knew anything about it. And I was doing all this stuff in 2004, where the only place in New York you could get pressed juice, fresh made to order was like down and a coconut water was down in St. Mark's place, like off the beaten track, like it just didn't exist. 
So, um, so I was doing all of that um, and just blending up my own products. And then somewhere around 2015 or so, I just realized like, wait a second, why can't women shop beauty the way they shop food? Why can't we have a brand that it's just so transparent and we know like it's made from food grade, organic ingredients, as fresh as possible, unadulterated, not polluted, not diluted with water and packaged fully sustainably. And that was sort of um, kept, you know, sort of resonating with me. And then one night, the cute part of the story is I went out to have um, Mexican food with a friend and we were sipping some tequila and um, I was just playing around with, if I launched this brand, you know, what would the name be? Naming a brand is so difficult because almost every name is trademarked, right? So, um, So I said, I think it needs to be an acronym. And so we started playing around with, well, if it's an acronym, what would it stand for? And I said, living, because everything needs to be vital and fresh and connected to the planet. And um, and then I said, organic and organic beyond just the certification, but organic as in looking at the holistic picture, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding and being mindful about the imprint, right? The whole, where does this fit within our planet and and our people and our animals. So living organic, loving, it should, everything we do should be done with kindness and thoughtfulness and mindfulness. And um, also the brand should at its core, try to recreate a connection with whoever's using it. Because truthfully you could buy a $500 creme de la mer cream, or you could buy a $12 cream in CVS. But if, in either case, if you're not connected to the ritual of your own beauty regime, if you're just like putting it on, but you're thinking like, I'm so ugly, I'm so ugly, and I'm stressed, and I hate myself, it doesn't matter what's in that product. It's not going to work because you're not aligned. Mm. Right? So... I really deep inside, I want to reconnect people. Like it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're like, this makes me feel good and I love myself and I'm taking care of myself in this moment. And then you'll see the difference. Sorry. And I kind of did a segue. I'll come back to that in a second. <laughs> but to, so then living organic, loving, and then ingredients, right? Like it's all about what's in it and, every ingredient counts. And so I did that acronym, like living, and then all of a sudden I put the letters together. I was like, lolly, it's lolly. And all of a sudden, once you have a name, you know, what does the Bible say? The word is God, right? Mm-hmm. Once you word a name to something, it is. Now it's real. It's real. It's the power of naming is so incredible. And now you got to go do it. <laughs> So once I had a name, it was really hard to back down, right? right. Because like, well, my friend was like, so what are you doing on Lolly? I'm like, oh, okay, Lolly. <laughs> like it just had an existence. It was breathing all of a sudden. So I was like, okay, I guess I guess I got to do something with Lolly. So did you keep getting like little nudges, would you say? Did you, 
as you were going, did you get that? Like with the, with, for me, for the second wind, I didn't want to do a podcast that never occurred to me. And every time I turned the corner, I was getting hit with it. And every time I had a, a pushback, I was pushing back. Like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, when you're, when the universe is telling you stuff and you're like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not really feeling it right now. The universe will say, mm, okay, well you can walk that way, but then I'm going to shove you off the path and put you back where I want you to be. And now you've got the name. Were you, were you still getting things that like, if you were like, how did you decide how to go? You know, because and you said a very interesting thing that a friend told you about um, the train that I think we should put in there. So, yes, to answer your question, 100 percent, I was getting nudges. And if I wasn't like feeling the nudge, then I'd get whacked with a baseball bat from the universe. Right. Like definitely was putting me on the path. Now, the path wasn't direct. And, and that's something everyone should understand. Even when you start to follow your journey, your soul journey, and you really are aligned, it doesn't mean that everything's going to fall in place perfectly. I mean, I had a lot of stumbling blocks and a lot of moments where, in all honesty, I call them the dark nights of the founder's soul, right? Like the dark nights of the founder's soul. I've had those. Mm-hmm. Right? Where you're like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why? And it's a dark night. And you're like, I don't know if I'm ever going to make it to the morning. Um, But somehow you do. And somehow you keep going. And so that's where my friend who actually it's very um, timely and poignant that you bring um, him up. His name is David. And he just passed away um, about a month ago in a plane crash. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. And um, I cherish this, um, person. He, I've known him since I was 14 and he had an incredible, um, spirit and joie de vivre and the kind of person who, if you're around him, he just was so much fun and so full of life. And, um, he would say to me since I was like 14, he was a few years older than me. Um, he would say, Tina, when I was like getting frustrated about something not working out or, um, or coming to a roadblock or feeling like a door was closing, he would say, Tina, do you know that the best way to catch a bus is to miss a bus? And I'd be like, mm. why? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, if you miss a bus, at least, you know, you're standing at the bus station. That is so deep. I th- I'm sorry. I thought it was train. You're right. It's bus. I, that's so big. Think about it. You're at the bus station. At least you made it to the bus station. You made you it pick to a bus. bus station. Exactly. You you can't you can't miss a bus if you're not at the bus station. Like you never got yourself in the game, right? So his point was you're in the game and you're not losing the game missing one bus. Right. Oh, I love that so much. Think about that all the time. It's so true. And, you know, the American Indians um, have a saying like, you know, just set, set yourself on the path and start walking. Just start walking. Start walking. Put one foot in front of the other. You don't know. You, you can't worry before you start the path. Well, I don't know if I know the exact route and should I turn left or should I turn right or am I going to get there? 
you don't know until when you start walking, it's the same concept, right? You're, you're at least at the bus station, you're walking on the path. And by walking on the path, you're doing something. And by doing something, you will cause change. Inertia doesn't cause change. Action causes change. Doesn't mean it's perfect action, right? Like, and I think we, I listen by nature, I'm totally OCD and, you know, have to fight my like compulsion to be perfect um, in the startup world. And, and Wendy, I'm sure with, with your new business, you, you see this too, is it's progress over perfection, right? Right. Right. Instead of um, trying to make sure everything is all aligned, you can't, like, you don't know what's going to come around the corner. And, well, you and don't know what you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. So right. I really had to, but, you know, I think about that. How many times a day am I at the bus station? Mm. Using a bus? And um, yeah, so it's a wonderful, a wonderful uh, piece of wisdom that he shared with me. It's huge. It's, it's, it makes me want to put it up on a big sign and hang it up because it's that big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that big. So you decide, you go through, and you are looking at all this. Are you are you feeling better? Like what happens? Are you are you feeling better by kind of you kind of stripped down to the basics, and you kind of cleaned out your body, cleaned out everything that was going topically onto your skin. Did you see amazing results? I did for that time um, in my life, and this is quite some time ago already. Um, although I was being extremely strict, um, I'm I'm less strict now about. So, for example, clean eating, I was like super strict about it. And, um, I did see a, sh- a major shift. Um, it's very hard to be that regimented in your mm-hmm. day life I mean it was a moment in time where I before I started Lolly I took off a few months I wasn't doing anything I could concentrate on you know sort of my lifestyle and um and but I think that as a platform or sort of a table states to sort of sometimes you need to rip off the band-aid right in a, in a really strong way. And then, um, but the day to day is you're not going to rip off a bandaid every single day. Like, like I can't explain what I mean by that, but, um, I feel like I have to find a balance, right? We have right. to live our life. And, you know, I say this as an example, as much as I am into sustainable and clean beauty products, I get chemical hair color. I mean, I'm like 95% gray. If I let my hair go naturally, I'd be completely white. And you know what? That look looks great on some people. It just doesn't flatter me. I look better as a blonde and no natural hair color covers my gray. I have very stubborn Latin hair and I need, you know, peroxide and I need the chemical shit. So, <laughs> you know, I make a trade-off. I know I'm going to do that once a month. But that, you know, my trade-off is, but then I'm not going to slather my body with chemical-laden body lotion. Gotcha. So I I think you have to find um, what works. And I think what I say, because I'm not, you know, 
an earthy, crunchy, live off the grid person. I live in New York City. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a realist. I think make whatever small changes you can make in your life. Um, and small changes accumulate. Yes. Right? Like yes. I think about this all the time now that I go, you know, we have the law now in New York City about plastic bags. So you have to bring your bags, you know, to the grocery store. And, um, and I think about that and I think, how different would our world be if they had just made that rule five years ago? Oh, right. Right. All the stuff that wouldn't be there now. Think how many plastic bags we could have prevented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's so small, small, like for example, don't use Q-tips. Mm, why is that? Q-tips are plastic and oh, they biodegrade and they end up in the sea and they end up um, really harming, um, you know, fish. The, fish. the fish are eating all our plastic and then no. we're eating the fish. You know, um, you know, things like that, small little things that you don't think about, but then you're like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's amazing when you really start to look, if people, same thing with food, if people really looked at how the animal, well, how that chicken or how that, that beef got into that package, the entire process from start to finish, I guarantee you people wouldn't need it anymore. Yeah. Or I mean, a lot of them wouldn't. From in, in August um, in New York, a block away from my mom's house, there's a farmer's market that comes. It's really lovely. And they come from upstate New York every Sunday. And so during August, my mom and I try to go every Sunday and buy our vegetables and our fruits um, from there because we're supporting the farms, the local, and even the fish, they, they locally uh, fish off of, of uh, New York, Long Island, and they bring the fish. And, um, you know, that's a small change for one month that we can do where we're supporting local sustainable and local way mm-hmm. in the middle of winter in New York, there's not a lot of choices for right. farmers markets. You know, it's like you have to do what you have to do. You have to, whether you go to whole foods, which I'm not a huge fan of, but um, you know, you have to do what you have to do, but wherever you can make a small choice that makes a difference. Huge. Even if it's just not buying the water bottle and having your own sustainable I now walk around with my, because I love, I'm a big coffee drinker. That's like one of my, first of all, unless I have like five cups of coffee in the morning, I'm pretty much not coherent. (laughs) (laughs) My mother will call me and be like, have you had coffee yet? I'm like, no. She's like, okay, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, I used to, I used to buy coffee on the way to work and because I bought coffee, um, and I want to drink it as I was walking to work, I would put a straw in it so I could sip and, and walk to work and not spill it all over. And, you know, now instead I have my little thermos and I make coffee at home and I pour it into my thermos and I walk with my thermos. And by the way, it's better because it keeps it warmer. Right. Right. Yeah. There's so many, there's so many cool things out there that have been founded since, and I want to talk about your brand and Lolly itself. I, and we were talking about this earlier. I probably started using this product right when you were deciding that 
where you were going with it, the 2.0 version of Lolly. I missed, I missed the free, the, the, the subscription, not free, but it was a subscription, you know, show the, the product value, show its worth, show that it will be, it will be received well. We absolutely, I can, I can go and look on our Shopify store and try yeah. to see when you made your first purchase. That's so fun. I love that. I've had this, I've had this for a while. You bought, but, um, but how fun is that and how exciting and, um, actually the beautiful part of that story and it, it makes my heart sing is knowing what you stand for and what you care about and your vision of life and seeing that you actually were an early adapter and customer to Lolly makes me feel like we're on the right path. Oh, absolutely. The right people will find us. Oh yeah. Yeah. This, this company is going to be huge. I, and my daughter who is, gosh, what is she now? 26. She started using I her skin. She's a tennis pro. I mean, her skin goes through hell and back out in the climate of Georgia and it's just harsh on your skin and she's in and out of air conditioning and it's humid. And she would get these skin irritations. I'm like, oh, 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 use my oil. Yeah. And, you know, it's against it's against everything that you're brought up with. But I'm like, no, 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 it just doesn't have the water. It doesn't have the chemicals. Just try it. OK, her skin is gorgeous. And I wish when I was a teenager, I had these products, the amount of time I would have saved and money and energy, always trying to find the next best thing that would work on my skin. And uh, it's, I feel like you're just bombarded because everybody wants your money and, and you only need a couple of things. And I, I use this plum elixir, pink plum elixir every morning, every night. I love the rose water. I have to get more because, um, it was out of stock for a little while. One of my favorites is the date nut brulee. Yep. You finally got that back in. I'm getting some of that. They spread it all from head all over. And my mom just actually did a laser. My mom is 81 years old and she like went and did a laser. And of course the doctor like afterwards says like, you know, put aquaphor on your skin. I'm like, mommy, you cannot. Don't do that. (laughs) I'm like, that goes against everything I stand for. Just. She's like, where's the green? I don't have any more of that green stuff. Get me some of the green stuff. Green like, stuff, okay. the, crown, the brulee. brulee. And like literally like a day later, she's like, my skin doesn't itch. It doesn't feel terrible. And, and she healed beautifully. Like it healed my, I don't know if you can see, but like I have a scar from here to here. No. Obviously it healed it. Very, very. It's still, I had a tiny, tiny skin cancer. It was the size of a pinprick and it was right by my lip Uh, and it was like two years ago and I was devastated because I had to do Mohs surgery. Like I grew up in Jamaica without sunscreen until I was eight years mm -hmm. old. You know, I remember getting so burned that um, I would get like fevers from the sun poisoning. Yeah. Yeah, The six, I mean, I, I don't even think they had really. SPF. <laughs> like, I don't know what. So, and I'm fair skinned. And, um, and even though my dad is, is Cuban, like my mom, his family originally came from England and went to Cuba. So I have light, light skin, uh, uh, genetics as well. So, um, 
anyway, I was devastated. And I went for the surgery. And when uh, a week later, when the surgeon took out the stitches, I had a scar that went from my nose to my lip that was, you know, three inches long. And then it was like an inch and a half wide. And it was no way horrible and scary. And I'm in the beauty industry. And unfortunately, your face kind of counts, right? Like, yeah. So I freaked out. And again, she said the same thing. Use Aquaphor. I was like, I'm not using Aquaphor. And I went, I used the Plum Elixir. Mm-hmm. I used the Date Nut Brulee every day. And I have a before and after of one week and two weeks. And literally by week two, you could almost, the redness was almost all gone. The scar, like it was a miracle. Oh my gosh. Natural ingredients work. And as long as they're undiluted, right? They're at high levels. And by the way, that's the other thing about our products. They last a really long time. Oh yeah. Forever. Forever. You don't need to use as much because there's no more concentrated. Well, I want to talk about that because you're the first zero waste organic food grade approach to beauty out there. And the products, um, like what would you do for second? What, what should second winders try and why? Oh, well, first of all, we have a code for second winders for 25% off. That's huge. That's huge people. um, It will be the code second wind. All one word. Awesome. Thank you. That is amazing. Our hero products, our best sellers are our plum elixir or our pank elixir, which are the, is a version of our plum elixir that the one that you like. Our plum elixir is an instant hydrating, revitalizing, replenishing beauty oil. You can use it on your face, your lips, or your hair. Oh yeah. You use it on all that. And then you have it on your hands and you just put it through your hair. Correct. Yeah. Multi-purpose. And the difference between the plum and the pink plum elixir is plum elixir. The original formula is more for um, if you're worried about aging or really dehydrated skin, um, you would do the plum elixir. If you are combination skin or you're sensitive, you have some redness, then do the pink elixir or blemishes because it still has plum in it, which is our upcycled plum oil from this farm in France. But with the pink um, version, we infuse with Ayurvedic herbs to help soothe sensitive skin. So um, it's it's really, you know, those two. And then the Date Nut Brulee, 100%, because this is one product. It's a um, melting, miracle, nourishing balm. You can use it on your face as a solid oil cleanser, face as a moisturizer, lips, hands, elbows, body, Helps with chapped, dry skin. You can even use it on your pets, on their paws. Did not know that. Makes sense. One of the things about that creme brulee too is, if I'm right, is um, you put just a little tiny bit of it with a little black little stick you have. You put a little bit of it in your fingertips and you warm it up, right? That's what I do. Yeah. Or you can just slather it on and massage it in. Like it's okay. okay. You want to use it, um, but it's 
it's it's like that one product everybody in the family can use. You can even use it for diaper rash or your people, you know, it's vegan. There's not even beeswax in here, sunflower seed wax. It's really a great product. And then the other one, which is one of my personal faves, is the chamomile lavender. Chamomile. That's a two-phase micellar. So you shake it, you apply it to a reusable pad and wipe. And it's a waterless cleanser, so you don't need to wash your skin afterwards. It takes off all the makeup, impurities, dirt, grime. It also is hydrating. It's a toner. So it's a makeup cleanser, cleanser, makeup remover, cleanser, toner, hydrator, all in one. Oh, my gosh. And in the summer, um, I like to, to take it and shake it and put it in my hand and apply it as a hydrating serum. Okay. Don't okay. want as heavy uh, um, a moisturizer. Um, okay. Awesome, awesome, awesome product. And what would you say? You all don't have any kind of sun. What, what would be the best sun protector? Because honestly, besides a hat, honestly, sunscreens are not good for us. Yeah. And they're not good for the environment either. And um, that's why I haven't launched one yet because there are some ingredients like zinc. Zinc, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the um, ground um, root of a tree that also has SPF that I've looked at. But oh, wow. get those ingredients, zinc or this other natural ingredient, to stay and dear to the surface of your skin like you need it to for sunscreen. Um, and to be waterproof, you do need to use chemicals. Oh. And then you have to follow the, the monograph of the FDA. So even if you have an ingredient that gives you an SPF. Like our plum oil actually is a natural SPF. I can't claim that. Um, because oh. it's not approved as an SPF ingredient by the FDA. So you're, you still have to go back and add ingredients that the, the FDA recognizes. In order to make that claim. I got you. That's like the double-edged sword. Yeah. And I just don't feel um, yet, I, w- I would love to, to launch it. An SPF, but I don't feel yet that I have the right solution. Yet, yet, yet. It's the issue or it's the formula issue. I I know that, I don't know if everyone would remember, but years ago when Honest Company first launched, they launched some SPFs trying to be as natural as possible. And they were sued because the SPFs didn't work and people got burned and it wasn't on their, you know, it was a big liability. So SPF is just something like it's complicated. It's like getting that organic thing. You can say you're organic, but until you pay all that money to get your little round organic yeah. symbol. Well, we don't have that on our products. And I'll tell you why. Even though we will write on the product label, the percentage of organic ingredients. So for example, our Plum elixir or pank elixir is 99% plus organic. Um, The only ingredient in there that isn't organic is the tocopherol or vitamin E, although um, because it's considered, there is no organic tocopherol, right? It's just like it's vitamin E, but anyway, it's complicated. Right. No, no, no. I get you. Well, we could still get organic certification for that because we're above 95%, but our factory 
isn't organic certified. So even though we're buying all organic ingredients and we're handing it to them because they don't have the certification, we you can't, can't have the certification. Can't get that symbol. Yeah, but that's okay because it's it's integrity based and you stand behind it and it's it's an it, your product line is amazing. It, it really, really is. Um, and, and you also don't believe in a lot of women spend a lot of money on makeup removers and then the face, um, you know, detoxify and all the soaps and stuff. And you don't suggest we use soap on our face ever. Never use soap. I either um, cleanse my skin using the date nut brulee. So I just massage it in. It's a bomb, a solid oil cleanser, tissue off all the makeup and then take a warm muslin or bamboo cloth and just press it against my skin or get straight into the shower and let, you know, um, or I take the chamomile lavender, wipe and go. And I don't ever, ever, ever cleanse my face with any kind of soap, uh, cleanser because all you're doing is stripping all the natural protective oils this acid it's called the acid mantle um of your skin which is very very delicate um and you're stripping all of that to then replace it It makes no sense it's again the beauty industry or consumer goods industry convinced us that squeaky clean is clean shiny has to be shiny squeaky squeaky Clean means that you've stripped your skin or your hair of all the protective oils. And now then they sell you five products to try to replenish that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you do the shampoo, then you do the, the conditioner. Think yeah. about a brand like Oil of Olay, right? That's kind of funny. Like, first cleanse your skin. Make it like so, so dry that then you need Oil of Olay to replenish all of that oil. But like, if you actually... Sometimes with date nut brulee as my solid oil cleanser, I don't even need to put a moisturizer on afterwards. Skin feels so great. It's like ready to go. Yeah. And use your oils when your skin is still damp. Hello. It just makes sense. So where do you want to see your company going? Because you were talking in a few of the interviews I was listening to, you are doing pop-up bars, right? Yeah, we were before COVID doing that. Um, you know, we're still a startup and I was testing a lot of different things. I mean, my long-term vision, I would love to have freestanding lolly stores where we can sell you products that are ready to go, sell you raw ingredients by the bulk, right? Um, have fit, refill stations and or even custom blending for, for you. But that's a big vision and that takes a lot of money and then COVID on top of that, you know, so it all kind of combined. I don't know if we'll get there one day. That would be a dream. Oh my gosh. I would love that so much. Ugh. Right now we're concentrating on our direct to consumer channel, which is lollybeauty.com. And then Ulta, we launched at Ulta. That's amazing. Ultabeauty.com. And we actually launched a product at Ulta that we're not even carrying on our own website. So it's completely dedicated to Ulta. And it's the Arnica elderberry jelly. And it's a 24-hour, no masking, no acne, no blemish gel. It is fabulous. I mean, I have testimonials. Like, you, you can use it as a spot treatment. You can use it all over. I have people that have written and said that they had terrible acne. They put it on, and, like, 24 hours later, it was gone. 
What? That's amazing. Awesome product. And it doesn't strip your skin. There's no alcohol, no harsh chemicals, no acids. I mean, it's really lovely. Tina, do you come up with all this stuff because, because you're an alchemist, right? Because of your, your spirituality, because of you understanding from a totally different level than the average person because of your experiences, because of your already intuitiveness, do you actually, because you're, and you're also so knowledgeable in seeds and herbs and the different oils and what produces what and what, what combines with what and what the properties of all these things are. Do you, do you actually formulate all these products? Um, yes. So I, I come up with the ideas and I come up with the recipes and then I work with, we have, um, an R and D, um, consultant who will work to help me commercialize that. Right. So I come up with the original recipe, but then we'll collaborate to, to make it a recipe that can be made by a factory. Right. So that we figure out how to do that. And, or I collaborate with like inventors. So like the Arnica elderberry jelly that I just spoke about, I invented that with the inventor of the Tide Pod. And he's this incredible scientist. And I came, he had some technology. I had other ideas. We came together and we made this product together. So that is so exciting. 100% like this is not this is not a skincare brand like so many out there right now where the founders don't know anything about ingredients or technology or formulations. They just had an idea, oh, I want a I want a beauty brand and then they raise a lot of money and they go to a manufacturing site and they say, can you make me a clean skincare brand or a clean? And basically that factory gives them a couple formulas and then they're like, Oh, I like that, but can you change the fragrance? And then that's it. It's on the shelf and there's no real point of difference. Um, no, I like literally I'm happiest reading research papers on clinicals on natural ingredients that have been um, found to have real efficacy, which is the precursor to a lot of pharma, right? So a lot of pharma and biotech starts by looking at these research papers on natural ingredients and then figures out how to do the synthetic version of it. Uh, Yeah. We just need to get back to the basics for, for sure. And then you also, how do you actually source like the seed? The seed, um, was it of the plum elixir where you found the seed was being thrown away by this farmer? So I, I was doing research and looking at upcycled food grade ingredients. And I found this farm in France that has four generations were, um, grown this very rare plum called the Ente plum. It's a very small plum. It's like, you know, the size of a fig and, um, not, doesn't look like an American plum. And, um, when they were making pitted prunes or prune juice, they were throwing away the kernel. And so then they started to press this kernel into an edible gourmet organic food oil. And actually the founder, the owner of the farm um, had to work with the French government to get it approved as an edible ingredient organic because it, you know, there was plum oil. So 
And then we started to work with them and found out that it was more effective on skin and hair than argan or marula. Oh my gosh. Then I went, you know, I decided that was going to be the the main ingredient. And then I did research to think what else would complement it for the benefits that we want. And when I come up with the recipes, I don't just look at the, uh, this is good for this. I also look at the energetic properties, what color, how it all harmonizes, how it all harmonizes. Right. So like plum oil is orange. There's a reason it's orange. Um, Orange is about expansiveness and energy. And if you're diminished, if you're dehydrated, if you're, you know, um, feeling the effects of, of, of lack of vitality, orange is expansiveness. It's bringing you back, right? It's like it's oh the pink elixir, which is the one you're using, although it has plum in it, the Ayurvedic herbs that I use infused in there make it a ruby color. A yeah. Red. Yeah. Right. You know, it's very, very different what I'm trying to do from the two, you know. So I look at the colors. I look at how everything sort of goes together. And it's part of your whole philosophy in, in bringing the sustainable food grade organic source from all over with love onto our skin, into our energy, into our souls, into our body with no judgment, no shaming, all love, not you should have, you could have, you, you should have done it this way. It's here, have these amazing products, try these amazing things, do it with care, show yourself self-love and self-care. And it just makes your skin look so good. I can't tell you how many people, when they find out how old I am, they don't believe it. You look fabulous. You're very I can't kind. wait for you to do a testimonial. You look <laughs> so great. Like, um, and I'm so proud that we're part of your beauty regimen. And um, you really, when you reached out to me the other day, I was just you know, it's things like this that keep me going. And I'm sure you have the same thing with second wind that when someone who's listened, you know, reaches out and says like, you changed my attitude or you helped me get through something. Um, just keep, it's the little nugget that keeps you going. And right. it's just so beautiful. So thank you for that. Oh my gosh. And you actually, you're like, Oh, look, the stars aligned. I got your email. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. I use this stuff. I am actually talking to the the founder, the creator of this stuff I've been using on my skin for a few years now and have given to many people to try. And, oh, you have a problem here. And I'll put some in a little dish and I'll say, go, go use this. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just amazing to me. So, so what you're hoping in the next few years, maybe we'll see some lolly. Well, we, we need all the love that all of your listeners can give to us on Ulta. Uh, they can shop on Ulta.com and leave reviews or even uh, check out. Um, we're going to be for 10 weeks starting um, early September. We're going to be in 300 doors in Ulta and we're in 300 right now. So um, 
you know, if you could check out your local Ulta and ask for Lolly, and if it's not there, um, shop online. Reviews really make a difference. Yes, they do for everyone. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just raise awareness. And if you fall in love with Lolly, just tell one friend because when everyone tells one friend, you know, it, it amplifies and, and that's, we're still a s- small startup brand. Every sale counts and um, any love that can be sh- shown is, is really, I'm very grateful. Oh, well, I'm grateful to you for the entire approach that you have towards our beauty and how it's part of the entire universe. And it's part of our world. It's, it starts with our dirt and, and you care all the way down to the dirt. And that's so important. And, and that's what I love about your product. That's why you've been so kind and you're going to be in my little gift boxes for the first 150 people that have already signed up for the newsletter. You're going to, you're going to get little, you're going to give little samples. I can't wait for people to get them. And then anyone who listens to this podcast can get the 25% off, which is an amazing deal. You're losing money on this, Tina, but it's it's amazing DL for people to to get a sample and it, and and your little bottle is going to last you months. I'm telling you, it lasts. It lasts and lasts and lasts. And if you have any questions, I know for a fact because I didn't know how to use the products and I wasn't sure what I needed because I my skin is older, you know, in my second wind. <laughs> you know, I just sent an email to support and boom, I got my answers and oh, here, try this and this will work well and do it like this. And, you know, then I got the purple corn grains because I wasn't doing anything to detoxify my skin. And as we get older, our cells don't actually move as quickly, shall I say, off our face. So this helps it right along. And it's really kind of fun to put it in your little dish that you give us and you mix a little bit of water in and boom, make this amazing detoxifying you can have it as a mask or you can even use it as a scrub. It's amazing. Your products are amazing. And there's not a million to choose from. So it's an edited downline. Yeah. We're, although we have some things in the works, but um, not, not yet, but yeah, we try to make it as simple as possible and thank you. And um, we're really excited. I'm excited to be here and excited to see where you go with second wind. And I'm already, my mind is racing. I'm thinking who I could introduce you. That would be great guests. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's how I get my best people is people who've been on or like, Oh yeah, I met this lady and you need, or I have a friend and you need to talk to her. And these end up being the coolest people that become part of the second wind tribe. And I want to ask you one question before I let you go back to your busy world. Sure. Can you share, and I'm sure you have hundreds of these, but do you have an example of when you were, when you were just like, why am I, you know, why am I doing this? This is so hard. This is tough. And then someone, a customer or somebody tried your product or is there like something that just said, Keep going, Tina. This is why you're doing it. Uh, so many come to mind. But um, last summer in the middle of COVID, right? So we're sheltering at home. And, and you're in New York. And New York had it was a beast all into itself. It was pretty grim. And I have to say, I didn't even see my mom for like a month and a half or two months. And she lives 20 blocks away. Like, And my apartment faces 
in her courtyard. So all I see out of my window is a brick building. I don't even see the sky. And imagine like two months by yourself in a studio apartment, also working, you know, that's your office too. I'm single. I'm by myself. Um, I was pretty grim. And, and on top of that, we were, I had, we, we had had great growth in 2019. It was a, a good year. And I was sort of poised to go raise money. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, COVID happens. We, we have to like pull back on a lot of things and watch the money and be, I couldn't go fundraise. And it was just like, there were moments that I was like, um, um are we going to survive? Like, are we survive? And just even dealing with like, the government's, you know, small business admin loans and the paperwork, you know, paperwork. And oh my gosh! Process where like all the multinational companies got the loans, but the small businesses didn't, like Lolly, and it was just so stressful. And there was a part of me that's like, why am I doing this? Like, if I was going to close down Lolly, this would be a good time because I would feel like this is beyond me—a global pandemic interfering with the bit, you know. I, yeah, it's not your fault. No one can blame you. I could enter, I could exit graciously and feel okay, even not, you know, not great because I have some investors, but I still would feel like this is beyond me. And I get this random email and it's from the um, assistant, personal assistant to, let's just say, two very well-known models. I can't say their name. That's Okay. And Someone has, that we would has, know if you who said has a mom who was on a reality TV show. And um, the assistant is like, you know, we've been looking at your products online and on Instagram and the girls and their mom would like to try them. Would you send us some? And I was just like, oh my God, like, that's amazing. Like I'm on the radar of like, yeah, how did you end up? And that was great. And by the way, we've sent them products several times. Um, we still haven't gotten a shout out from them. <gasps> yeah. Mm-mm-mm. That's not cool. Um, but it just made me feel, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. And it's like those small moments. I like, did it, was it a tipping point for us? Not yet, but who knows, right? Like you never know, but it, and and the same thing, like the first time I went to go raise money um, in 2016, my investor that came in in 2017, um, the lead investor in that round, in my angel round, um, I got to because every single meeting I went to, and this is sort of one of my uh, you know, rules to live by, is I always end the meeting, whether the meeting is a good meeting or not, you know, um, meaning did I get out of the meeting when I needed, like, let's say raise money, that person at the other side of the table is like, yeah, I love what you're doing, but you're not big enough or whatever the reasons are. I always would say, totally understand, want to stay in touch. Thank you. By the way, do you know three other people in your Rolodex who maybe could be interested? And if so, could you make introductions? So smart. So funny. People, like, when you give them a task, they usually like to complete the task, right? Like, throwing the, instead of being like, 
oh, you don't want to invest in Lolly okay and kind of downtrodden. I'd be like, totally get it. But by the way, you must know three other people that maybe could be interested. And and they usually would be like, oh, okay, let me think about it. And then they would send follow-up emails of like three people. And make that it- is so smart. And I got to one of my investors through that way. I got an introduction through someone else because I said, do you know three people? So it's a, it's a really good way. Like don't take no as a no um, because a no can become a future yes if you just know the right questions or the right ask, right? So while that investor I was in front of, it was a no to invest. By me saying, do you know three other people, it led to a yes. That is a nugget and a half for sure. And what I wanted to say was, you always are at the bus station and that's really important. You're always there. Even during COVID, that's what that email was from those stars was to remind you that you're at the bus station and your bus is going to be there. Thank you. I hope it's a luxury liner. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. And no one's sitting next to you and you can sit on the window side. (laughs) Tina, thank you so much for your time today. I just loved you, your energy. I love even more your dedication, everything you're doing. Lolly gives back people also, which I'm a huge charity person. That's one of the things I want to do as the, as the podcast gets bigger. I want to be able to write checks to all these people I'm bringing on that are in part of charities and and, and, and things that they believe in. And you already do that with Lolly. Before I let you go, what do you do? So we offer um, back for anyone who shops on lolly.com. We give you back through um, an app called Gives. So it's integrated in our um, shopping cart. It's immediate once you make your purchase, 10% of your purchase order to donate to charity. And it's a charity of your choice or one that we've curated that supports oceans, the planet, animals, and people. So it's up to you. We, we don't tell you where you have to donate, but we give you that opportunity. And then we're also plastic negative. So for every order on lolly.com, lollybeauty.com, we also clean up to two pounds of plastic in the universe. And we cleaned up last year. We only started halfway through last year. And um, in one year, we cleaned up the equivalent of 6,000 pounds of plastic which no way to um, uh, thir- uh, 330 cases of beer and cases meaning 24 bottles. So the weight, do you think of the weight of it's like of a case of beer? It's a lot of a lot, a lot of or the size of an orca, the weight of an orca. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how can you not feel good about that? You're a startup company and you're and you, you know, you know to give. That's what we're here for, to serve others. And you're already doing that. And, and you're serving us so well in the products that you are designing and staying behind and working so hard to keep in front of us. And I appreciate that so much. I am a customer for always and ever. And, um, and I know the second winders are going to love your products too. Tina, thank you so much for today. Thank you. This was amazing. And then also just remember, um, anyone listening, all you need uh, is the promo code SECONDWIND. Don't worry if it's uppercase or lowercase because 
we're not case sensitive, just second wind. <laughs> and you get um, 25% off your first purchase. So Give it a try. There are There is no losing here. I love it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. And until next time, breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.